Happy days are here again as Bitcoin continues its move to $10,000. Justin Sun is being sued for harassment and Ripple is toying with the idea of an IPO. A major bank has predicted that digital currencies could be mainstream just two years from now. And perhaps that's another reason why Tim Draper is encouraging millennials to stock up on Bitcoin. We'll visit Singapore, Dubai, and Hawaii for some crypto news as we deliver this and more on our Bad News, episode number 363 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And greetings to all the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia and all of our undocumented immigrants that are listening to the show illegally. You know who you are. That's true. Well, you can actually listen for for free. So there is no illegal immigrants in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. If you turn into a bad crypto podcast, then all of a sudden, boom, you become a citizen. It's that easy. No borders, no walls, and we're glad that you're here. Got a great show for you today featuring bad news, which isn't necessarily bad news. In fact, a lot of it is good news. But if you understand the brand for the Bad Crypto Podcast, this is our weekly episode where we deliver the news for the week. I got some bad news for you, Mr. Jolcom. What's that? Well, this is episode right here. We're on. We're doing Oh, this is. Well, you know what's not bad is our sponsor. That is true. Club Swan. Stop staring at me, Swan. I love that, the uh, the Adam Sandler line there. Uh, Club Swan is a technology-based organization. They provide lifestyle memberships, and they have this flexible and secure financial services platform. And so Club Swan, they offer various different membership levels to select from, all of which uh, include a payment card powered by MasterCard. So you can have your cryptos in there, use your MasterCard, and pay for stuff. And you're able to register and sign up within minutes. So go check it out. Go sign up over there at badco.in forward slash swan. Sounds absolutely ducky to me. Mm. And they're going to be on an interview with us in the not-so-distant future where you can learn even more about it. But for now, let's check out the news. Timestamp, January 30th, 2020, 1245 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And the total crypto market cap just shy of 260 billion. Bitcoin, uh, you know, I refreshed it. It was it hit 9,500, but now it's at 9467. Ethereum hitting 180. XRP creeping up on 24 cents. Bitcoin Cash, 392. Bitcoin SV, 296. Litecoin, $67. Tether, 0.999. EOS, $4.27. Binance Coin, 1826, and rounding out the top 10 is Cardano at 5.5 cents. And perhaps one of the biggest gainers, Mr. Travis Wright, Ethereum Classic is in slot 11 now at $12.17, 31% gain for the week. Yeah, and look at some of these gains, which is pretty interesting. Tron up 10% for the week, like Ethereum Classic, as you just mentioned, ETC up 31%, Cardano was up 22%, EOS up 17%. Litecoin was up 16.2%, Bitcoin Cash up 13%, Ethereum up almost almost 8%, and Bitcoin, you guys know this because you pay attention to Bitcoin, Bitcoin's been up 9.2% this week. It is having a very good week, so maybe we should call this bad crypto good news. Put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Yeah, what is going on? Is this we, the last episode with Craig Cobb, we kind of asked the question, are the bulls 
back. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, here we are, we're just what, four months out from the having now. And if the run is going to happen because of the having, this certainly would seem like it's the time. Yeah, dude, Z coin. I'm just looking at this uh, XZC, the Z coin. It's the 61st crypto overall in the market cap. It went up 70.7% this past week. That's mm, crazy. That is that is a huge run. Well, our friends at Cointelegraph, who are helping bring you this show today, have a story here that says Bitcoin price rallies to set a 2020 high near 9,500 is 10,000 next stop. There's a lot of green out there, and it looks like the bulls are now in control. Well, there has been a lot of news about this, and actually... Um, remember, remember Mati Greenspan, the dude who uh, used to be with eToro, and now he's kind of creating his own deal. He pays attention to that, and he said, he says today, he said he thinks Bitcoin will hit ten thousand by the end of the day today. That was his, that was his tweet earlier today, and so he's looking at that. He goes, it's just, it's. He was looking at the uh, the, the trending lines and looking at the the candlestick patterns, and he said, up ah, breakout is happening. And if Mati says it, then uh, I don't know. We're not financial advisors, but we're not even we're not stock observers or we're not crypto, you know, chart pattern recognizers. We're hardly podcasters. I mean, (laughs) we're barely that, although we've been doing it now for almost three years. So I know that's crazy. So there's a lot of analysis on this article in Cointelegraph. And of course, you can see links to this article and all the rest of them in the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can always go to badco.in. It's spelled B-A-D-C-O.in. Look at that. It's Badcoin. Badco.in forward slash 363. And of course, you could put any number after that badco.in and you will end up at the show notes for that episode. Except if you put in badco.in forward slash 999 because that's still a few years off. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. You know, on on December 18th, Mr. Jolcom, Bitcoin was at $6400 and today $9400. So we went up over 3 grand this month and it looks like it's knock knock knocking on heaven's door right here. It passes 9500 and then it's then it's got that other resistant line there at 10,000 and we could see some uh, we could see some fun poppy pops. There's something really interesting about that five-figure mark. You know, it's one thing when you're at 3,200, 5,500, 7,600, 9,500. It's this four-figure, right? It's this emotional resistance point. But there's something about hitting the five figures where I think people are going to get super excited and we're going to see some really big leaps. Like, it's not going to surprise me if we pass 10,000 to start seeing 1,000 in a day, you know, up or down. Yeah, I mean, remember back in 2017 in like late fall, early winter when that stuff was popping up. We'd see some days where there would be two, three thousand dollar days, and like I remember the conversations that we were having. Like, what did you see? What this is crazy? And uh, I don't know, man. That's what seems to happen. And then after Bitcoin gets over ten thousand, and even you know in the in the following years when it gets over twenty thousand or thirty thousand, I mean, you know. Three thousand, five thousand dollar gain days aren't going to be irregular. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a normal thing once it gets past. You know, if if it does ever get up to fifty thousand, hundred thousand, I mean, we could see ten thousand dollar days, which could be crazy. That's it. I I can't even imagine because the buying and selling that will take place with that kind of movement, the volume will just be absolutely ridiculous. Stack those sats, folks. Stack the sats. Well, you're not the only one saying it. Tim Draper has been saying it for years. And this article here on Cointelegraph, the headline, Tim Draper, if you are a millennial, he says, buy 
Bitcoin. He did this interview with Fox Business on January 22nd, and he says, quote, that the traditional banking system is outdated. You look at Bitcoin and you say, hey, this is great because it's not my father's Oldsmobile. Our banking system is the Oldsmobile, is the old Oldsmobile. And here's what's really funny is the first car that I drove was my dad's Oldsmobile Cutlass. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. My my very first car was a Pontiac Firebird, but it was oh. it was pretty old Firebird, but it was pretty awesome. And I wish I still had it because then I could have souped it all up and made it all nice. But I ended up selling it when I joined the army. I went to the military and I sold all my stuff and then went to the army and did my thing and came back from the army and wish I had my car. Draper recommends millennials start building their empire in the new model that does not impose hefty fees and regulations on transactions. Unlike the dollar, he pointed out that just setting money aside like older generations did won't cut it in today's economy, concluding, I think if you really want it to work, I think you go Bitcoin or crypto. Yeah. So, you know what? He's been a big, big proponent for a long time of crypto. And, you know, he he did really well. I mean, Tim Draper back in the day, you know, all those I think what wasn't it the um, wasn't it the coins from Silk Road or whatever that the FBI ended up putting up for auction and he bought as many of them as he could. I think it was either that or it was the um, Mount Gox coins. But the FBI had confiscated a bunch of coins and then they put up for a big auction and he went and bought all of them because I think before that he had a bunch of crypto and then lost it or something happened and uh, that crypto went away. So he went and got as many got as much crypto as he can and look at it, man, the price. The price keeps going. Now, if you think about it, you know, we had that big blip that went up to 20,000. But right before that, it was like 2,000, 3,000, 5,000. Boom, boom. Then it went back down to 3,000. Now it's at 9,000. But if you look at that line, like that's still an upward line over time. Like it seems like it's it's not going to be these big, huge pops where we go see 100,000 like, you know, in one year. It's going to be a slow and steady increase over time is what I kind of think. Maybe we hit 20,000 at the end of this year. Maybe we don't, but who knows? But I bet we're going to keep seeing that upward trending line moving moving up and to the right. You know, I wasn't there for the run that took place in, what was it, 2013, where Bitcoin hit 1,000, then came back down to under 200 or so. And I wonder if after that, people were saying there's, you know, we're not going to see that crazy run again because people have been burned. Well, here we are. We saw the run up to 20,000, then back down to 3,200. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I can't imagine that kind of run again because people have gotten burned. But I don't know. It is math. Mm -hmm. It is math indeed. Fun times. Uh, Something that's not so fun, especially for for Tron right now, ex-employees are suing Tron's Justin Sun for $15 million over an alleged harassment suit. So two former employees at BitTorrent, uh, that was was the peer-to-peer torrent client that uh, Tron acquired back in 2018. They've sued Tron and CEO Justin Sun for alleged labor violations and harassment, and uh, that, that doesn't sound good. No, they say that their damages rest on complaints of wrongful termination, racial discrimination, a hostile work environment, fraud and whistleblower retaliation, harassment and unfair um, employment practices, including labor code violations and unfair business practices. Uh, You know, and of course, this is it doesn't mean it's true. It's an allegation. And uh, I've certainly been on the the bad side of people accusing me of stuff that never happened. So we don't really know what's happened. We know that uh, Sun's people have not yet responded to this complaint. 
And uh, actually, he denies each and every allegation. That's that's what he's done. He said, nope, didn't happen. Didn't happen. And you know what? We live in a country that you are innocent until proven guilty. Uh, unless unless you're not, unless they say you're not. I don't know. There's crazy stuff going down in the world. But uh, let's talk about this. The World Economic Forum, they launched a self-service blockchain platform for supply chain traceability. Now, the World Economic Forum, they are, that happens once a year. I mean, it's, a, it's an organization, but they have that big event once a year in Davos that you and I were able to go to in 2018, or at least went to the area, went to the event and had, had all kinds of interesting events. But they're embracing blockchain now more than ever. They've launched a self-service public blockchain traceability platform that is available for businesses to start mapping and tracking their supply chains. And they're using help. They got some help with Everledger and also the International Trade Center and the Lensing Group. And so they're going to be doing this so people can map where things come from. So it'll add uh, key environmental and social indicators and certification of supply chain partners. That way you'll know exactly where your things are coming from. Uh, you know, that is such a great application of blockchain because, you know, there's so much loss that happens in supply chain mm -hmm. and there's so much fraud. There's theft. It's just it, it, these paper manifests that we have are just so easy to manipulate. And I this really fixes a big problem. Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of counterfeit goods that are coming out of, of, of different countries, specifically China. And I actually just saw some news today about President Trump has put uh, put something on on China and Amazon to say, hey, Amazon, if you're selling counterfeit goods, then you're going to be responsible for that. And so I think that that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back with Amazon to start embracing blockchain more and more. They want to make sure that the products that they're selling are verified that they are the products that they say they are and that you know where they come from. You know where the genesis and the origin of those uh, pieces of those consumer goods are from. And I mean, who knows? But we know that that supply chain, we've been big on supply chain and blockchain for for since the beginning, since we started, you know, we advisors would ship chain back in the day and, and helping them grow. So that's just blockchain and supply chain are like that's like the second best one aside from, you know, Bitcoin and, and the financial aspect of blockchain. The supply side, supply chain side of things is really good, not only in consumer goods, but also the supply chain in advertising that we're seeing as we talk about quite regularly on the blockchain CMO episodes that we do here on Bad Crypto. Mm -hmm. And speaking of origin, you use the phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back, and it got me thinking, where did that come from? Like, did they actually put straws on a camel's back and and you know one straw too many and you go uh like that the well, I mean, not straws like plastic straws but like hay well yeah really, how much how much hay can you put on the back of the camel until and they add that extra straw and then it broke its back and then it created a nice little parable for us to see. i was i was never thinking of plastic straws. you were too you're like no they had plastic straws back in camel days the the meaning, of course, of the phrase is a series of irritating occurrences that eventually lead to one final thing that causes a person to lose their patience or to react in a strong way. I'll have a link to knowyourphrase.com in the show notes, but the origin of the phrase is actually unknown. So mm -hmm. somebody somebody just made it up, and maybe maybe it does mean plastic straws. Maybe it does. They should ban those. <laughs> Let's go on to the next story, shall we? Let's do it.
This is actually a callback to the title of this episode. The article here says Deutsche Bank is the bank that says digital currencies could be mainstream in two years. They've actually issued a report about these, and it says we believe a new digital currency could become mainstream within the next two years. And I think they're looking at China's Digital Huan Initiative and Facebook Libra uh, expected both to launch this year. And though that's kind of like the uh, the space race of crypto, right? Once these come out, we're going to have all these other nations of the world, because let's face it, Facebook is kind of like a nation. You know, it's a disparate nation of 2 billion people from all over the world, but collected in one place, the power that Facebook has when they do release Libra is going to influence the nations of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually, if you look at that article there, it actually has the link and it says the Deutsche Bank report said digital currencies and you click on that bad boy, boom. And then there's the link to the PDF, the report, the future digital currencies, the ultimate hard power tool, 22 page PDF that I will be reading through. So they've had they've had three different reports. The first one was cash. The dinosaur will survive for now. Part two was moving to digital wallets and the extinction of plastic cards. Part three is digital currencies, the ultimate hard power tool. And actually, the links to all of those are available within that that document. So I'm going to grab all of those and read through those and educate myself. Mr. Joe Com. I'll expect a summary from you by midnight. Well, you know what? I think this is this information right here fits right in well with the the funny money presentation that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a great title for that presentation, too. I can't wait to see it actually you know come to fruition and mm -hmm. we get a video of that so this story on coin telegraph i know everybody is waiting to hear what elon musk has to say about bitcoin and crypto right i mean you probably can't sleep nights because you're like mm, i wonder what elon musk really thinks about bitcoin and crypto and the photo <laughs> that coin telegraph that you know they do these little uh, illustrations <laughs> it's it's like taken from the rogan show but instead of uh, elon uh, across from Rogan, he's across from you know cryptocurrency. That's uh, that he's talking to, and he's holding the dube there, you know, in his hand. Uh, and he's I don't know if that's a dube. I think it might be. It looks like he's holding a node. Oh, maybe he's got a code in his node. Well, he's he's he's. I mean, it looks like he's holding a vape pen that's attached to the node. That's so true. maybe that's smoke chain instead of chain smoke, which is different. Yeah. So what did he say? Well, back in 2019 in April, he's, he tweeted this out. He said, cryptocurrency is my safe word. <laughs> what does that mean? Safe word? So like when they're doing crazy sex stuff and then like yeah, no, no, cross no. I, get, I get that. I understand what that means. But I mean, in why cryptocurrency? Why, you know, how does he really feel mm -hmm. about uh, crypto? Well, on January 10th, he published a tweet that said, Bitcoin is not my safe word. That's his new thing. Uh, but he did mention um, he did mention this that he said if PayPal had executed the plan that I had wanted to execute on, I think that it would probably be the most valuable company in the world. And so I remember that I remember the before it was PayPal, it was called X.com. And if you signed up and got an X.com card, which I still have somewhere, that that actually give you twenty five dollars on there. So you signed up, you got a free twenty five dollars. I thought that was pretty cool, and you could use it anywhere. And then it turned into PayPal from X.com. And uh, which was which was but he did also say this. He thinks that the Satoshi white paper was pretty clever and that he he prefaced that by saying his stance on cryptocurrency gets the crypto people angry. 
Yeah, quote, there are transactions that are not within the bounds of the law. There are obviously many laws in different countries, and normally cash is used for these transactions. But in order for illegal transactions to occur, the cash must also be used for legal transactions. You need an illegal-to-legal bridge. That's where crypto comes in. You know, I think that's really naive uh, because I don't see uh, fewer and fewer uh, transactions are deemed illegal on blockchain. And I don't think we can say the same about cash. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Now, whenever historically, whenever, I mean, cash is king. I mean, like, I think we, didn't we even drop pallets of cash to different countries and we're paying them off? Like there's, that's cash is king. They They didn't say, Hey, here's some bonds or here's some stocks or whatever. Here's cash. Most of the time cash is untraceable. However, they do have security. They do have, you know, numbers on them. Right. That does seem that they they would be traceable to some point. But crypto for them to say that crypto is an illegal to legal bridge. I mean, come on. What happens? I mean, we saw I've, I've read those Panama papers. If you want to do illegal to legal, you create an offshore company and you launder money through that. That's what the that's what the big people do. But uh, crypto is a small fries. I mean, look, we talked about it starting out the episode. It's two hundred and sixty billion dollar market cap. That's still nothing. That's like half of Apple at this point. It's not even half of Apple. So, I mean, it's 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 not. It's not it's not used for illegal stuff nearly as much as some people think. Uh, last week, we talked about Peter Schiff, the gold bug who is not a fan of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. He believes it's a scam. And the story last week was that he tweeted that he had lost his Bitcoin because his, quote, password wasn't working. And he said that was just more proof for why Bitcoin was, you know, doomed to failure. A lot of people gave him a really hard time about this. And now he explained that he he solved a mystery. Quote, I mistook my pin for my password. When blockchain updated their app, I got logged out. I tried logging back in using my PIN, which was the only password I had ever known or used. I also never had a copy of my seed phrase. Honest but costly mistake. Never had a copy of your seed phrase. That's like not knowing where you stashed your gold, Peter. Mm. Well, I mean, he was a crypto noob, and it sounds to me that just tells you that he never really took time to fully understand crypto. He He just liked to talk a lot of shift about it. Right. Which is why I don't trust what he says at all. I mean, if you don't even know the basics of how blockchain works and you're dissing on it, uh, you know, sit down, shut your mouth, sit down, learn what this actually is, and then come at it from an educated perspective. Well, you know what? That's the whole thing is that he's so vested in gold that I think he probably looks at crypto as a competitor. And but you know what? If you are a savvy businessman, you want to understand your competition to see what they're doing and just so you understand it more completely. But he basically was like, all right, I didn't take the time to even fully understand it, but I'm going to talk Schiff about it all the time. Yeah. So, very so you, you've, you've used that joke twice now. That's not a joke. I've, I've not met anybody cool with the la- that last name. <laughs> How about Bob? Bob Schiff. I don't know. He's a Schiff head too. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> 
I'm sorry he lost his crypto, but he needs to be more careful with his crypto. And let's give a quick shout out here to our other show sponsor. You guys know that money has existed for thousands of years, starting with cowrie shells, then up to precious metals, then minted coins and paper money. And today we've got the cryptos. The transfer of modern money is slow and costly. I did a wire transfer just a couple weeks ago, $15 to send money from my bank to another bank. And it took two days to get there. This is why payments are going mobile and why the MobiPay ecosystem is ripe for disrupting the old ways of doing things. You can get cashback programs just like you do with fiat currency, but you use your MobiCoin. It's an integrated reward and payment token system that connects all fiat and major cryptos directly to the global retail marketplace. Huh, sounds like a win-win. In fact, if you go to MobiPay.io right now, M-O-B-I-E-Pay.io, you can get $10 and free MBX tokens. Go ahead, sign up for their list. They've got some exciting things coming down the pipe, and we're glad that they're a sponsor of this show. Mm -hmm. Very cool stuff. Also interesting is uh, there's a new Singapore law, Mr. Jolcom, that allows global crypto firms to expand locally. And what they've done is they've introduced this new payments legislation that is going to allow these crypto firms to grow their operations in Singapore by applying their operating licenses for the first time. It's this thing called the Payment Services Act. And according to this, it's the first uh, comprehensive regulation for companies handling activities ranging from digital payments, the trading of tokens such as Bitcoin and Ether. And they are bringing crypto firms into the regulatory fold. And this is going to allow them to narrow the gap with, with Japan, which is currently a major Asian center for cryptocurrency trading after 22 exchanges have received licenses there since 2017. That's a really good start. I did not know this little piece of trivia here in this Bloomberg piece. 20 of the top 50 crypto exchanges in the world are based in the Asia-Pacific region and accounted for about 40% of Bitcoin transactions in the first half of last year. That's from some uh, Chainalysis data. Mm, very interesting. Indeed it is. And let's hop from Singapore over to the city of Dubai, where they are launching Crypto Valley. It's a tax-free zone where you don't pay any personal or corporate income tax. I mean, they are really encouraging the uh, the cryptos and blockchain development there in this zone. They announced it at Davos 2020, and this is designed to foster growth, collaboration, and integrity across the global blockchain economy. Yeah, very interesting. You're going to be there before too long, right? I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm moderating some panels at the AI Everything conference in Dubai in March, and super excited. I was there for the event last year. Got to go up to the top of the the uh, the Burj. Uh, what, oh, very cool. What's what's it? Wait, hang on. Burj Ka- the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, got to go up to the top of the Burj Khalifa, look down from the 146th floor. I'm like, all right, this is the highest I've ever been in a building because there are no buildings taller than this. Oh, I've actually been higher than that. I went to the Empire State Building in uh, the year, I think it was like 1999, 98. And uh, I, I smoked weed on, yeah. on the top of the Empire State Building. And that was pretty high. I don't know. <laughs> Although I did, I, I was high on an airplane one time and I would never do that again because, oh my God, it was the pressure on my ears was no good. I would never do that. But I, I would say this, Mr. Jokam, uh, maybe before you go, reach out to the DMCC, the Dubai Multi-Commodity Center, and see if uh, you can interview somebody there when you're there in Dubai. That would be cool to go because hear about what they're going to do at the Crypto Valley. Sounds to me like uh, they would love to know a little bit about bad crypto. 
That sounds like a really good idea. You know, Mr. Travis Wright, you addressed the World Economic Forum a little earlier, and I see another story right here on Cointelegraph about them. That's true. The World Economic Forum, they debut a framework for central bank digital currencies. And so according to the announcement on January 22nd, uh, there is a toolkit that is the uh, WEF's attempt to help policymakers understand whether or not to deploy a central bank digital currency, CBDC, um, would be advantageous and guide them through the design. So if you're a country who is thinking about, you know, how to create a central bank digital currency, they have put together a toolkit to make that easier, I guess. But here's the thing, folks. We don't want central bank digital currencies. We, we're trying to get away from that centralized control, personally. Mm, we're going to talk about that just a little bit more because we have a story coming up here about Ripple. But first, before we do that, let's jump back to the United States off the mainland. There's a bill in Hawaii that would allow banks to provide custody for digital assets. You know, of course, the federal government in the U.S. has decisions to make and they're moving very slowly. But while that is happening, there's various states of the union that are you know, passing their own laws. So in this case, the bill introduced on January 18th with bipartisan backing, love to see people working together, would make it legal for Hawaiian banks to hold digital securities, virtual currencies, digital consumer assets, and other open blockchain tokens for their customers. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, here's another, here's another state that is doing stuff that uh, around crypto, right? We've, we've talked a lot about Wyoming, what Wyoming is doing. Now Hawaii is going to let banks act as crypto custodians, which is something that we sort of thought would maybe happen down the road, right? As banks are going to have to evolve and banks better have security set up because, oh my God, could you imagine the 21st century bank heist whenever somebody comes in and t takes over a bank that and, and they steal all the crypto that's located there because it wasn't secure and, 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 and set up in a way that, that kept, kept the, the code safe and kept the crypto safe? Like, hmm, interesting. I mean, I think that it's good that, that banks and that they're, they're thinking about that and how to be a good crypto custodian. But if you don't own your keys, you don't own your crypto. Would you trust a bank to have all your crypto? I, I would not trust a bank to have all my crypto. It's interesting, though. I want to be my own custodian of that. But, you know, this is part of it going mainstream. It's going to happen. And um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Meanwhile, a little bit of controversy in the Bitcoin cash world. Apparently, uh, last week, a group known as BTC.top, a private Chinese network of miners that has the largest Bitcoin cash mining pool to date, said it planned to impose a six-month mining tax to support BCH infrastructure development so at the you know the price at that time was three hundred dollars for bitcoin cash the tax would represent a six million dollar investment and uh a bunch of bitcoin cash miners an anonymous group said all right if you do that we're gonna fork and create our own chain because your tax proposal sucks right a 12.5 percent tax wow how about you just mine it and then you work towards getting it to become more valuable and then you build it on your own? There is no there is no BCH HQ, right? So why are they, why are they trying to put a tax on that? This to me, that's just completely ludicrous. But you know what? That's exactly what will happen is they'll say, fork you. We're going to create Bitcoin cash cash. 
Mm-hmm. Well, basically, Bitcoin.com stepped in and they said it would not support any new plans until a broader consensus was reached. That kind of diffused things. The group that put uh, this this threat out there has said, all right, we're going to hold off from starting our own competing pool for now. Right. Yeah, that's just can't we all just get along? Like, that's one thing that I really wish is like, it seems like with with Bitcoin, they've been relatively good about reaching consensus on things within the within the mining community. uh, Up until, you know, in 2017, when we had multiple forks, and we've had all these forks since then. And so nobody can really agree on what Bitcoin is today. There's so many different factions, you know, you got the Craig Wright group, you got Bitcoin.com, then you got Bitcoin Core. And and Bitcoin gold and all of them, man, it's just, it's just starting to get confusing. And if they start forking off those even more, that's going to get confusing even more so for folks. Now, Travis, we know the only real Bitcoin is bad coin. Uh, that's true. That's true. Right. And a lot of people, you know, might be listening for the first time. You think we're joking. Well, we're joking about being the original Bitcoin, but Badcoin is an actual cryptocurrency that's been mined by hundreds of people. And you can mine it on your crappy computers. Like, don't be rolling out the ASICs farm. You won't get reward, but pop open your old Pentium, you know, or your MacBook and go to Badcoin.net and you can mine Badcoin. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's real. That is very true. Badcoin.net. And also, we have a new coin. <laughs> We've not told you folks about this yet because it's just hilarious because Joel actually he went on token was it tokenmint.io? Is that the same? Yeah, yeah. We did talk about this. We talked about it on the last episode. Oh, very nice. Well, I don't know if that's I don't know if we talked about it on that episode or the one that's coming out, but yeah, uh, I created the coin S H I T and it's good. I get a gift to people and uh, it's fun to do. Actually, I've given away I've given away now, I gave you a million shits. I've given away about one point five million shits so far. Out of 21 million bits. I still got a lot of shit to give. Travis Wright spreading his shit everywhere he goes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now, this, could be, this could be a great segue to the uh, next story here because it's a Ripple story. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your take on Ripple, some say it's that's what it is. Others say no. Uh, Brad mm. Garlinghouse, who we like and has been a guest on the show, says that Ripple might do an IPO and he expects more crypto firms to go public in 2020. He says, we're not going to be the first, we're not going to be the last, but they expect us to be on the leading side. It's a natural evolution for the company. So, you know, when you own the Ripple token, you don't actually own any part of the corporation, Ripple. You know, you just own the token that's usable on their blockchain. But he's putting out there that there could be shares of Ripple that would be available to the general public. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this is this make Ripple even more controversial? Does this mean they could just sell out their you know their entire supply? And mm. uh, it's it's a little creepy. Well, we did talk about this in Bad News episode three forty two. So there are some crypto unicorns out there. We talked about the top ten most valuable crypto uh, projects out there. Bitmain being the largest as a twelve billion dollar company. Coinbase is an eight billion dollar company. Robin. Hood is a $7 billion company. Ripple is a $5 billion company. And so that's what they are right now. And so what's going to be interesting is there's going to be the XRP, uh, which is which has its own $9 billion market cap. And then Ripple, the company, is worth $5 billion. And then there's going to be the stock price for Ripple, which is probably RIP. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Ripple's in the news for more than that reason. They are working with Coinbase to create a master plan to drive U.S. crypto adoption. They want smart regulations. They want transparency. And they think, of course, that that is going to bring blockchain technology more mainstream. Coinbase Senior Director and Associate General Counsel Rachel Nelson, in conjunction with Ripple's Head of Global Institutional Markets, Brianne Madigan, wrote, to improve market integrity and provide consumers the confidence they deserve, Congress may need to enact legislation to support the orderly and secure functioning of the crypto markets. Well, no kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, you know, that would, that would be pretty helpful because you notice that there's so many opportunities for arbitrage out there. It's like you look at this crypto exchange, Bitcoin's this price, you look over here, it's another price. If you deal with stock markets, they're all the same price because they're all working off the same data, the same regulations. And so the same prices are everywhere where you can buy Apple at this exchange. You can buy Apple at that place or that. And you're going to get paid the same price, but you could pay different prices for Bitcoin and some of these other crypto uh, sites. And so maybe the a regulatory framework might not be a bad idea. And then I also wonder. I wonder how long until Coinbase goes IPO. Oh, that's a, that's a really good point. They have a lot of customers. Coinbase is, you know, definitely in the U.S., uh, well over 10 million. Right? I don't know what the actual numbers are, but they're they're not small. They have a significant audience. Yeah. Uh, this is also significant news right here. Blockchain and 5G. This is an article from Cointelegraph saying the greatest promise uh, is to transform the developing world, blockchain and 5G. Now, we've, we've talked about blockchain. We know blockchain is great. We think blockchain is pretty amazing. There's, I don't know about 5G, though, man. 5G is very powerful. you got to put these towers up all over the place. And there's been a lot of disputes about even the overall safety for humanity to have this much radiation and, uh, you know, EMFs going around us. I mean, we have, we've never been tested for all this. And here we are now. I mean, think about this in the 80s. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no 4G. There was no GPS. There was none of the. There was hardly any of that electromagnetic interference around us. Now we're surrounded by this stuff. And then if you get one of those towers like nearby you, like the amount of EMFs that you're going to be absorbing on a daily basis is just astronomical. And they've never done really any testing on it yet, Mr. Jolcom. However, there are a lot of scientists out there. I think I've read. I read that over 2,000. Uh, scientists have petitioned slow down the 5G rollout until more research can be done on this. So, I mean, it's super fast. Everybody likes super fast, but if super fast is could be detrimental to humanity health, I don't know if that's as important. I'm cool with 4G if that's the case. Well, absolutely, or LTE. But then, how do you reverse it? Right? Let's say they keep moving forward. Five G towers go up everywhere, and then they mm-hmm. realize, hey, uh, this is—you know—people are getting cancer, people are getting sick, and and it's we're seeing an unusual uh, amount of people that are stationed near these towers that are getting ill. I got to take them all down. Guess what? Your all your speeds just got slower. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just that; is that we have no. We have no ability to 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 tell somebody, no, we don't want a tower near our house. No, we don't want one right there on top of the school. Like, they just put them wherever they want. There is no regulation around where they can put them. It's almost like they have free reign, put them where they like. And now, I love the idea of blockchain and 5G offering this, you know, potent combination to help secure mobile banking networks and 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 help help secure transactions and and, and with the speed of 5G and and in the in, in the sending would be super quick. I think that's valuable, but 
I mean, I don't know. There's something about there's something about, about 5G. The more that I dove into it, but I, I used to be a huge proponent of 5G. Oh my God, 5G is going to be amazing. It's going to be wow, it's so fast and great. And then I was like, wait a second, whoa, 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 hold on, let's slow our roll here a little bit. It might not be as amazing as we think because there could be some 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 detriment to that. Mm-hmm. I guess we will find out as time goes on. How about we go to something a little lighter here as we come to our closing stories. Uh, last year, it was it was probably early in the year, we discovered collectible vinyl toys powered on the Ethereum blockchain called Crypto Kaiju. It's crypto, spelled like you think it is in the Japanese word, K-A-I-J-U dot I-O. And these are really interesting. They're the first vinyl toys that are traceable on a public blockchain they've got these little you know nfcs on the bottom of them that you could scan with your phone to see that this is the legitimate toy and then they're backed by an erc 721 so we've talked about this before travis because Mm -hmm. we've we've actually received some of the the first kaijus that are kind of like little bitcoin guys with you know eyes and hands and feet Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah. So if you look at him, yeah. So the first guy was like a little dinosaur guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a couple of those. And then, as you said, there was the Bitcoin with the hands, eyes, and feet, and the Ethereum. And now they've they've launched this one. And what is what is yours names? What is the name of yours? Uh, the new one. Mm-hmm. The new one is a crypto kitty named Snarfy Magoo. Mm. Snarfy Magoo. That's really nice. Yeah. So he just arrived the other day, and it's a seven and a half inch. Crypto Kitty collectible figure. He is a unique Crypto Kitty that is also on blockchain. So when I go to my Ethereum wallet, I have two tokens in here. One of them is in the Crypto Kaiju batch, and it shows Snarfy Magoon. There's a picture of him, the picture of the doll that I have, the toy, and a little description that they put with it. And then there's another token in the Crypto Kitties folder. So I actually own the actual Crypto Kitty on blockchain as well as the collectible toy. Mm-hmm. And these things are high quality. I mean, these aren't chintzy. These are not. I mean, like I think these are better than the 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 Pop Funko things, right? Like just the quality of them are really, really well put together and i have i have a, a pink pinkish one they sent me a pink one what's the name because i love the pink apparently um hi friend i'm farfalle coot guts <laughs> and i will right. do almost anything for absolutely no reason at all i am totally obsessed with thomas o'malley the alley cat will you brush my tail i like it brushed three times a day hmm. are you taking good care of it I'm not. No, I've not brushed it at all. Well, if you go to the website and they're not a sponsor, we're not being paid for this. They did send us the Crypto Kitties and we think they're cool. They've sold out of several of the bundles they have, but the seven and a half inch Crypto Kitty collectible figure is still available. I know they've made limited supplies and I'm not going to share what they're up to next, but um, I I wrote the guy, Oliver, who's running this project, and he sent me a a picture of the model for uh, for the next one. And I can confirm that it's not going to be Craig Wright. Mm, that's good. That's good. Who can you not confirm it? In? Who can you confirm that it is? I will do no more confirming. Zero confirming? Zero confirming. Right on. So from, from Crypto Kitties to Pornhub. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a really bad segue. Right well, well, I'll tell you what. This is not the first time that Pornhub has been. In the crypto news, we've talked about it before, I believe, when it when it started accepting Verge cryptocurrency a, a year or so ago. But now they've added Tether stablecoin as a new payment option. 
So I guess if you have your favorite porn stars out there and you're watching their videos or cam girls or however it all works, then you can tip them or send them money in the major U.S. dollar peg stable coin tether. As you're tethered to your computer. Yeah, yeah. Tethered to something. Yeah. Okay. That you know that that's more crypto adoption. I mean, the truth of the matter is, whatever you think of the porn industry, they have led the way in so many of the technologies that we use online now, right? I mean, they so pioneered the you know video streaming, and mm-hmm. they pioneered e-commerce, and now you know is porn pushing crypto adoption? It makes sense to me that they would. Well, they're certainly pushing porn VR. I mean, that's like one of the main uses, I think, for VR people from in some cases, which is ridiculously. Have you ever have you ever seen porn on VR yet, Mr. Jokon? No. Is it like is it really hokey or it's all up in your face? It's oh. pretty amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I don't, I they don't, don't have that. that. That's not available on my Oculus. I don't think it is. It's you got to go to the right website. Oh, why they don't they don't sell that in the store like they do not sell that in the store you got to go to the vrporn.com website yourself to go check that out so you have trained yourself to know how maybe you can write a tutorial for everybody to know i don't know i don't know if you want to touch my vr headset at this point i think (laughs) that's funny but in all seriousness though you know paypal actually halted its service on pornhub due to some payment permissions some violations and so they they stopped their payment support for Pornhub models in November, and so they stopped doing business with the site. They made it difficult, and so you know what? When big tech and big banking and and technology says er, we can't do it, well, guess what? Now there is a alternative, and here it is. It's pretty cool. There you go. That's going to wrap up the news for this week. But we just discovered that within the Bravo app, which we're big fans of, if you're not using this yet, why not? Like, forget Yelp, forget um, TripAdvisor, because when you do reviews there, they don't pay you anything. If you get the Bravo app, you earn Bravo coin for your reviews. And I've been using it now for, I don't know, close to a year. And you could actually review bad crypto in the Bravo app, Travis. And this review from username Decentralife says, great episode. I hadn't heard of Bravo coin yet. Yet another crypto gem I heard first at Bad Crypto. Love the thought that Yelp could be disrupted by something that gives back to the customers and levels the playing field for the businesses. I guess that's more a, a review of Bravo than Bad Crypto. Well, I do like the thing that said, hey, here's another crypto gem that I heard about first on Bad Crypto. So you know what? It's been fun. Now, there's a lot of interesting projects that are popping up, and we love the team over there, Lorena and Adam uh, at at Bravo. They're doing some great stuff, and they just keep impressing and keep building and keep growing it. So it's like I'll still use some other sites like because they maybe have more reviews or more like ratings on them if I'm trying to find a place. But after I'm done, I'll be like, you know what? That place was great. I will leave a review on Bravo. I don't leave reviews on TripAdvisor normally or on Yelp, but I do on Bravo because, heck, it takes me just a little bit of time. And then like, I got like 100 and something, 150 Bravo one time for one of my reviews. That's like seven bucks or something. Yeah, there. I think Bravo's at like seven or eight cents right now per token. So it's it's pretty cool. And you can download the app if you go to badco.in forward slash Bravo. If you go through our link and you sign up, uh, write your first review. I think you get 10 free 
bravo for uh, for doing that and there's a great community there check that out and whether you review us there or go to itunes or wherever else you might listen to the bad crypto podcast we appreciate your feedback of course if you subscribe it makes a kitten somewhere smile and who doesn't like smiling kittens oh i hate smiling kittens no, we like when they smile. Oh, oh, Travis, big news. Actually, one more news item that has to do about bad crypto. Our next episode, we've already done the interview. It's with Peter McCormick of what Bitcoin did. Mm-hmm. That's it's, true. It's, and, and we have, I think we should go ahead and tell people uh, not only what they, you know, we they know that Peter's incredible. It's going to be a great interview. You guys are going to love him. But we're doing something really special that we've teased about. And I think we could tell people now so they don't miss this. Well, I would say this. If you're listening this far into the show, then you guys are diehard. So we should tell you. Yeah. So what we're doing on a few select episodes each month, we will be creating a an NFT, a non-fungible token to highlight that particular episode and it's going to be very scarce mr joel com what is how, do, how are we going to have that set up so within a certain amount of time they have they, they can only claim them within a certain amount of time what do you think? yep that's exactly how it's going to work so from the time the episode goes live you'll have 72 hours and in the episode we'll tell you how to claim it and if you don't do it within 72 hours that nft that collectible is gone forever and only the ones that have been put out into the supply will be there so this is what we're calling proof of listening we want to reward the loyalty of our listeners we think nfts are truly the killer app of ethereum these collectible digital items we're going to see a lot of games using them in the future i think a lot of the mainstream game companies are going to start moving in this direction and uh, we want to get these into your guys's hands uh, digital hands anyway via your ethereum wallet so have a ethereum wallet address on the ready not coinbase right it needs to be a wallet that has um collectibles in it. So for example, Trust Wallet or Coinomi, I think both of those, there's others out there as well that you could look at. Um, and you'll have more information on how to secure this limited edition Peter McCormick episode number 364 bad crypto NFT in the show. Yeah, very cool. Very rare. And uh, we, we are doing what we can to help facilitate the adoption of NFTs and just testing out and experimenting with the new technologies that are out there because we aren't just, you know, a podcast. We are technologists and we like to play around with the new technologies and we found a way that we can help adopt, you know, NFTs and you know what, and and highlight certain speakers that come on our show. We think that's pretty cool. We think you're going to like that as well. And we already had our two NFT first two NFTs were at an event. Right. This is the this is the NFT number three or number two, actually, because the first one was our test. It was zero, zero, zero. The second one was number one. And then the third one is now number two. So that's super confusing. With more to come, we're here to confuse you. Badcryptopodcast.com is the website. We'll catch you guys on the next episode featuring Peter McCormick. What Bitcoin did or what it's doing or what it didn't do or what Bitcoin says. I didn't do that. Bitcoin Cash did that. We'll catch you next time. So stay bad. Who's bad? 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.